Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You know what I want. <laughs> I want to fight you. Hey, how's it going? I am Samson Folk. This is the Raptors Weekly Podcast, and you're listening to this, hopefully, on a Monday or Tuesday. More draft content, as is the prerogative around this type of year. And guess what? We have more draft experts rolling in to talk about the prospective draft candidates with me. Today's Evan Gualberto, who is a notable, fantastic coach on the Eastern Coast, and also a recently joining the, uh, I guess, public domain scout who's been doing all types of work covering these wonderful kids in college hooping. So Evan Gualberto here to talk about Jalen Williams, Ishmael Kamagate, and Dalen Terry, at least for a little bit. So Evan, my friend, my dear pal, how you doing? Can't complain, hanging in, enjoying these, you know, draft pods that you're doing enjoying your new blue background i don't know how new that is but it's it looks good <laughs> how are you? Uh, i recently wouldn't it be funny if this was a sheet like if it wasn't <laughs> you know a wall yeah. if it yeah. was like it fell down behind me and revealed some sort of embarrassing poster <laughs> i'm doing good i'm doing great yeah i'm ready to talk about some some basketball players if if you aren't aware, listener, viewer, there's uh, the Raptors have worked out quite a few players. Uh, the list has changed a little bit, but if you want, you can go listen to myself and Francis Adu discuss 12 players uh, that the Raptors could look at drafting. And also at the very start of that podcast, I list who the Raptors have worked out so far. So yeah, let's start with Jalen Williams, not out of Auburn, but out of Arkansas, since there are two Jalen Williams in the SEC. And uh, we're talking about the more notable one as far as having an NBA career, I think. So, yeah, Jalen Williams. Yeah, Jalen Williams, um, J-A-Y-L-I, Jalen Williams. Um, my short sell to you, the reason I wanted him, I wanted to tackle him on your pod is, I mean, 6'10", which is, you know, a little taller than the Raptors' <laughs> usual. <laughs> Seven one wingspan, you know it's fine, but but he defends the rim like Kyle Lowry. Okay, can you can you expand on that? How how does one defend the rim no. like Kyle? <laughs> how does one um, defend the rim like Kyle Lowry whilst also so, being six ten? He's super light on his feet. He's got great feel for how to set up and take charges. He averaged one point one blocks per game. Um. You know, because he he is a big man, but I think it was something like seventy charges in his in his time in in Arkansas. He had I think something like twenty games where he drew more than one charge in a game. So yeah, that's that's kind of why I wanted to talk about him because he's just think I mean he's drawing charges like like Kyle Lowry, like it's prolific. Okay, so when we who what type of bigs? Is he playing next to? Is he the lone big? What's he doing at Arkansas? Is he a guy who's kind of rotating over and being sneaky about it, or is he the the lone big and also taking charges? What what's his role there? So I mean, okay, I guess the best way to phrase it, and we can we can talk more about this um, in terms of like you know what scheme would he work best in, um, but he was largely a, a a drop big playing in deep drop. He has, he has certain strengths and weaknesses, right? Uh, one of his biggest strengths is his willingness to take charges and his ability to recognize the situations and to get his feet set and to get into the right spots, whether he's a rotating help defender or he's 
playing his guy one-on-one and is able to to draw the charge he contorts his body and like takes charges at not necessarily the most conventional angles i say that to say like you teach certain guys that you know when they get to this spot all you have to do is take two steps over you're there you take that charge like most guys are used to that that's why a lot of the time you'll see especially in college where um the big steps up and you could see like a quick Euro finish to get a layup. Um, the interesting thing about him is that he, he sort of baits guys in the drop or he notices when something is happening um, when he's in help side and then he rotates over. So he takes charges from any number of positions, not um, the greatest athlete, but you know, he utilizes his length well to contest shots. He is, good with his feet in terms of getting them set but when he gets blown by he really gets blown by but yeah i mean there's i i guess the best place to start is there's this one example kennedy chandler um i don't know if your listeners viewers like know about him but he's an nba prospect so there was a game against tennessee i think in, in february under 10 seconds left in the first half um they set a ball screen well above the three-point line Kennedy Chandler comes off of it, attacks. Jalen is very disciplined defensively, so he stays in his deep drop, even though the big is super high up and it's, you know, the end of the quarter. And then, you know, even with the big obstructing his view, Jalen is able to, like, step over and draw the charge. So, you know, it's a recognition of the situation, but it was a, you know, like the pass and charge, pass and crash, um that people want to outlaw like he's he's very good at recognizing when the situation calls for oh yeah this is something i can get okay so when we think about playing drop on the raptors and the comparison to maybe a guy who's trying to draw charges right when we think about 13 charges drawn over 80 games like chris boucher chris boucher is not operating in drop basically ever um if he's if he's in a pick and roll He's going to play at the level. Maybe, maybe they switch. Maybe they, maybe they hedge hard or soft. But typically, he's not going to be playing drop. He did the charges mostly in rotation, and the Raptors are not going to be play, playing drop a ton unless they have an absolutely standout drop defender. Now, is Jalen Williams good enough that he would dictate that for whatever portion of the game the Raptors might actually look to play drop? And then once we get past that. We have to talk about him being viable elsewhere on the floor to dictate that he's even out there playing defense. So as far as being a drop defender, not only dissuading, you know, because the Raptors love to go high and then tag behind or rotate behind. So if they're going to quell that, how good is he at dissuading the roller and the guy on ball um, in a more conservative way? Because the Raptors found success, obviously getting the ball out of hands, but gave up a lot of corner triples as well. Right. Um, so I think it presents an interesting choice, right? Because I don't necessarily know what the roster makeup is going to look like next season fully, but we know who their four or five guys are, right? Or, you know, their their biggest four, their most important guys. You just want, in my estimation, like, obviously, you want to hit on a pick in the early second round, but... The early second round allows affords you the opportunity to take players, prospects that you know you can develop. Maybe it's you know it's 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 the lower risk, lower end. I don't necessarily know, honestly, if Jalen is good enough to dictate that you should play drop. Um, my biggest thing in like even bringing his name up in Raptors draft conversation is the stuff he can do complements this team well enough while providing somewhat of a of a switch up if you are playing drop it's a way to keep everybody in front right um don't necessarily know if nick nurse will bend any more than he has in terms of his philosophy because i heard um your season interview with with lewis atzman right you know he he bent as much as possible to accommodate 
his team philosophically this season and you know they had more success than they maybe otherwise would have if he was just strict to that so maybe if he's not playing the main guys there's a there's a slight shift to keep because bench guys aren't they can't really kill you in the way that like the starters do and you know staggering minutes and all of that so perhaps a different coverage i don't necessarily know if that will work but jalen is a very high field player he recognizes situations super quickly which you know taking charges isn't something to be laughed at in in college and certainly not in the league but that requires a certain level of like this is happening on this side if i all i have to do is get to here he's not a great athlete in the conventional sense so you know when he gets beat he gets beat like he got beaten by he, sorry, he got blown by college basketball players. So the level of athleticism in the league is like obviously much higher. So, I mean, defensively, if you're asking him to not be in drop, then I don't, I don't know how that will look because I mean, he, like I said, he's got length. He, when he gets his feet set, he's great he recognizes what guys can and can't do if the Raptors are playing zone or different, you know, changing up with different schemes, then that he'll be more effective with that. But yeah, um, his active hands, his length, I think, I think that might be the selling point because, you know, every now and then you just want to keep something in front. If he's, if he's asked to play a different style because Raptors, you know, famously that democratic rim protection that they had going on the heavy rotation, Thaddeus Young is an example of a guy who's long, who moves well for his age relative to the league, and a guy who used to be a plus movement guy, but isn't currently and operates on smarts. And he had really great regular season minutes for the Raptors and so-so playoff minutes. He's a guy who achieved success in the Raptors system despite not being explosive with length, just being kind of heady with length. And is there any chance that Jalen can achieve a similar outcome? Does he read the floor well enough as a rotator, as a guy who steps out? You know, is he good at giving space to drivers on closeouts so that they come to him rather than him, you know, reaching out to them and then losing them on the drive? It's stuff like that. Yeah, I think so. I think the other thing, like, I want to factor in as, you know, I mean, as a basketballer, is like, I like factoring in, like, who guys play for. And, Eric Musselman was a former NBA coach. He was a pretty successful, um, I think it was the D League at that point. But yeah, um, has, has has coached all over the place. And there's there's so much value in like learning that. And his, I think you've referred to it as like court mapping, coupled that with his processing speed. Like I think Thaddeus Young is like a reasonable if you had to plug him into a very specific person's role now, that's, that's, that's as good as any to start. But yeah, um, he reads situations. Well, I think, I just don't think that he was asked to do like as certain, definitely not as much as an NBA team will ask him to do. And certainly not nearly as much as like the Raptors might ask him to do. But like I said, he's somebody who you can sort of, bring on slow i think he'll get stuff right away it's just a matter of getting to the right spots at the right times yeah i i don't necessarily know if the if his foot speed will be able to get him to where he needs to be but he will definitely be able to read and understand situations as they're happening um we could talk about this more with the offense but francis shout out francis um told me that one of the things with Jalen that he pointed out to me is that he will try to outthink players, you know, whether it's, whether it's good or bad. And that's something that I, I think it's like, it's not necessarily what Scotty Barnes does, but Scotty will take the less conventional route. Right. And so like, if you think about Scotty in transition, like I've heard you talk about this, like you take, the one passing angle, the most obvious passing angle, the way the one everyone wants to take, like, and then he'll find he'll find the least um, plausible, the least reasonable angle, and he'll throw that. 
he, you know, he has the, the, the daring to do that. I think, I think Jalen does that too, but like defensively, but sort of as a way to make up for his um, athletic shortcomings. Roots efficiency, maybe, right? Like knowing where to cheat. Is, is that yes. kind of what you're getting at? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so let's, so we'll talk about this at the very end of it, but let's talk about offensively because if he's kind of an odd fit for the defense and you have to guess like, okay, is his read of the game, is his feel for the game going to catch up these, at least in the Raptor scheme, physical shortcomings of what they expect from guys who play the front court. What is he doing offensively that would fit with the Raptors? What are, what are his skills that pop and are they expected to pop at the NBA level? I think that again, this is where for me, the coaching comes in um, passing, passing first and foremost. I think he's a, he's an outstanding passer, short roll in delay, top of the key, high, low, super crafty. He knows how to sell throw and he threads a needle on a back cut. Like, like nobody's business. I've heard you talk about, you know, horns flex or horns chin, those actions where, when he sets that screen and then he pops out like he can his processing speed i think is really quick and so he'll see the angle or he'll know okay if this isn't here then then i'm looking here like this is where like i'm going to find something and like obviously highlights don't indicate everything i strongly suggest everybody watch full games and things but if you are watching the highlights his passing highlights you know it's quick decision-making as, as when he gets it, it's boom. He knows, he knows the defense has shifted. I'm throwing it that way. No hesitation at all. So, you know, I think passing is his greatest key. And when you have a guy like Pascal Siakam, like OG Ananobi, you know, Fred, those are guys who you give them a slight advantage and they'll take that advantage and they'll expand on it. You know, they'll kill you with their advantage creation and the way they leverage small opportunities. So his passing, I think, is my favorite thing about his game. And I think that that's the one thing that we can scale that you will see at the NBA level like work right away. It might not pop off the page in a way that like a ball dominant anyone really somebody who has the ball more often than not like it it won't pop right away but he's not going to make very many mistakes in terms of his reading when he's making plays and passing um he's also a post passer lower high right so you know if you want to if you want a post hub that's not fred van vliet or pascal siakam like yeah that'll be nice okay so when we think about You've, you've watched plenty of the Raptors, so you know they run like so much dribble handoff. They they do so much pitching above the break and stuff like that. So he can obviously be a connector in those plays, it sounds like. But as far as operating with the danger that Scotty Barnes, as his usage ramps up next year, because Scotty can turn the corner. He can be the keeper. Precious, you know, can be the keeper or can outright you know, Precious has shown, I think, outlier skills for his position to kind of get his own off the bounce. Is Jalen via, you know, the the pick and then like the you pick the ball up, you let the guy run by, it clears out for a jumper, he turns the corner. Like what what is the what type of skills are we talking about as being a dangerous offensive operator if teams are going to play off of him during these like pitch play or handoff sets? So I mean, um okay. So I guess in terms of in terms of shooting, spacing, like a pick and pop big, um oof. he attempted just under two threes a game and he only made like I, th- I think it was like 0.5 or you know, I think that's rounding up. But I think there's plenty of room for improvement on that um because it's not as if the mechanics are wrong, bad, ugly, anything like that. I just think I mean, I'm not somebody who like likes commenting on, oh, if he just does X, then you know he'll be an an above average three point shooter in the league. That's it's you're not you're not gonna talk about the Galvis collapse or anything like that. <laughs> uh, no, 
because I mean I've helped like younger players and understandably like much lower stakes. Um, it's it's a long process to get somebody shot better or more efficient, and so like Raptors development staff world class. I you know they can speak to it much better than I can, but I do think that a player who is dared to shoot and like will shoot it recognizing that like that's the best shot you can get out of that situation is something you can that's you'd rather have that than like oh yeah well he's not gonna shoot we're just gonna back off him and then the play has died like he's you know um in terms of screen setting he's he's a solid screen setter as as far as i can tell i will not claim to watch like every single game but you know like i said eric musselman is a great coach they've they deploy screens in a number of ways um so slip pop roll ghost all of that like he's done a bunch of that and he's somebody who if you bite on a closeout he's gonna make you pay now I would maybe like to, until we see like what he's really cooking with, employ like a dribble limit because I feel like the more dribbles he has to take, the less effective he becomes as a as a scorer, as a finisher anyway. Um, as a passer, like it's there. Like he's playing with, he's 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 figuring stuff out. He's manipulating the defense. He's he's looking one way. He's seeing the other, and like he's pass fake, pass fake if he has to. Um, but his floater, I think, leaves a little bit to be desired. I think, you know, 20 seconds with Pascal Siakam, like he'll, he'll, he'll learn some insider secrets, some trade secrets, and then he'll be able to. But yeah, you can rep those out and learn reads for those things. And so he's, he's most definitely, even though he's 6'10", a below the rim scorer. Um, I mean, and we'll contrast that with the the other big i'll be talking about but he's most definitely below the rim score but i think you know a player who's smart enough to recognize his situations and he's crafty enough to throw multiple fakes out of the way like you can simplify those reads for him and then you can watch him eat off of the little bit that you give him so you know if he's if you're imagining scotty barnes in that keeper play like that's an easy sell because like if he does hand it off and or it's like it's that weave action where you know it's a multiply if he hands it off to him and then he let's say Jalen is now dribbling at like OG OG quick back cut like there's nobody better there have been like especially with big men who are handling in that delay action or at the top of the key or whatever like they can only throw one kind of pass either they're throwing it over the top or they're threading the needle like a bounce pass but he has multiple options and you know i've seen him pass fake the bounce pass reverse pivot and then kick it out to the opposite side so you know he i think as a as a play connector as a complementary piece like i think you know his passing is there his his job is like to answer your question finally like as a screener like the different things you can do with him it it'll open up more things okay so the read and react system that nick nurse likes to employ which a lot of it turns out being like read and react to this isolation we have going on but you know you talk about weave pitch place handoffs delay that means that like a quick processing big can turn a lot of these actions if people are willing to cut into dangerous actions. And maybe that's best applied as a, a change of pace big coming off the bench, which that is maybe a bit duplicative of Thaddeus Young. They have Thaddeus Young's bird rights. Who knows what they idealize him at? Maybe they really like Jalen and they see him as, you know, kind of, you know, he can provide what Thaddeus may, may or may not do offensively. And, you know, the corner three-point shooting from Thaddeus was good. But there's there's plenty of teams look to the draft to replace outgoing guys all the time. 
and they they try and stack skill sets like the Raptors have been doing. That's interesting to think about. As far as a heady off-ball guy, a below-the-rim scorer, as you say, this isn't a guy who's going to catch lobs, really. This is a guy who's going to get the ball, pound dribble, body, clear space, and go up. But how does that affect his offensive rebounding? How does that affect his ability to get after it on the glass, which is also something that the Raptors, if you are playing the three, four, or five, and you aren't a good shooter, you're really getting after it. So how does he operate as far as getting extra possessions? So, I mean, that's, I think, the hardest thing to tell in terms of college versus the NBA, because obviously the... the Does he have that dog in him? (laughs) Um, To be honest, like, I... It's not necessarily something that, like, stands out because when he grabs offensive rebounds at the collegiate level, like, he's either longer or just bigger than other guys. And so, you know, the offensive rebound, the offensive rebounding to me is about situation recognition. To me, like if you've heard Dennis Rodman talk about it, like he's, he watched Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Steve Kerr and Luke Longley, if we're just naming names, um, he watched them in warm up in practice and he watched where those shots would come off. And then he would go chase the ball in that direction. So he had, a half step or a full step on the defense because he knows where it's going. Jalen, I don't, like I said, it's, it's tough for me to say that I, th- I personally think he can fit in well with chasing offensive boards because when you're winning on the, when you want to leverage stuff, like winning weird stuff not not necessarily weird stuff but like winning margins that like teams don't really try mm-hmm. to win that, that that's your secret stuff jalen is a smart and capable player and i think if you tell him if you want to play like 15 minutes a night your rookie season you're gonna get really good at verticality you're getting you're gonna get really good at getting to the spots you need to get to you're gonna become like the most dynamic screen setter we have relative to your skill level and you're going to offensive rebound. And I think he's exactly the type of player who can be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take those boxes. That that's easy for me. Yeah. So unseen margins for like a wing or a guard offensively, I think is we as viewers and, and as analysts typically reward in the dialogue, people who, their decisions turn into their own usage, not their decisions turn into more efficient usage. So, for example, somebody who cuts against the weak side zone to drag a defender, and then the on-ball player gets credit for the skip pass they make to the open shooter. But the weak side zone, that guy could have been a ball hawk on that pass if not for the heady cut made. A guy who's operating in the dunker spot, which Jalen Williams may be, you know, at, at points, if he's, well, he will be in the NBA. How, how often with the Raptors, who knows? But you shade and motion, well, you mirror, let's say, a drive that's coming. And as you do so, like, you're able to shield that drive from help side defenders. Without, you know, it's not the Gortat screen, but it's a different type of, you know, keeping the paint clean from other guys. And so Jalen, as an off-ball player, are there any expectations that he'll be able to grease wheels to uh to be like heady as a cutter to make him to present well as a short roller as a roller which as we know the raptors don't really have high level players or at least players that they'll go to because pascal and og both i think are quite accomplished at at different parts of it but yeah how would how would jalen operate both as an off-ball guy and as a, a screening partner so, I mean, the more the most interesting thing about this is that more and more teams are playing zone, right? That's that's the one thing you can definitely look to and say, like, how is he deployed in a zone in college? As a weak side dunker flashing to the nail and then going strong going to strong side dunker, and then you know, the other guy clearing through or like going baseline. If he catches the ball at the nail, which you know it's it's what you want for every every team against the zone, he's making you pay for it in one way or another, and he's he's finding space with which to operate, with which to exploit the zone. So I think in terms of that, like that works. Like I said, um, 
on the short roll, I think, I think that's his greatest strength as a passer because I mean, even if you're playing against non NBA competition, like the short roll is a small amount of time with which you have to process and make great decisions. Mm -hmm. So like a short roll to a lob or a short roll to a kick out opposite three or a short roll, hard dribble pump fake to get the defense shifted and then skip it to the opposite side. Like he's done all of that stuff. That's all stuff that I have seen for sure him do. So I think there's lots of room for improvement in a lot of aspects, but I think, yeah, I mean the small stuff, right? The, the stuff you don't really see in the box score. Those are things that he'll help you win the margins you want to win. And regardless of what that is, I think, I think he'll be able to, I think he'll be able to make work. Okay. So short rolling on the Raptors is actually really important. Um, They do it a lot. They don't do a lot of pick and rolls, which we might see an uptick in next year, honestly, because of Pascal getting a lot more of those possessions as Nick nurse finally was like, okay, all NBA go, go work with the ball in your hand and we'll actually use screens for you. Pascal gets a lot of attention at the level of the screen, a lot, Um, be it under and, and, you know, shading over or a guy stepping up hard hedge, soft hedge, whatever. Uh, Short rolls happen quite often with him and he doesn't have the best sight for the guy short rolling, but when he does, typically that short roller is going to operate with quite an advantage because of how much attention Pascal draws. Fred, similarly, he puts guys in short roll positions a lot because he doesn't have the length as a passer to manipulate lanes or the burst to create disruption to get rollers all the way to the rim. And so it sounds like to me, having seen very little Jalen film myself, that the short roll is the short roll and like delay action, weave action is the best way to utilize him, which more or less is consistent with how they use their potpourri bench bigs. Um, You know, Chris Boucher aside, I would say, but guys like Kim, guys like Thad, that that's how they they were used when they had those skill sets and Precious and Boucher weren't able to make those types of reads. So that's interesting. Defensively, it sounds to me like this you're betting on his reads for the floor and his length, allowing him to make up for the shortcomings that he has as far as an athlete. So I'm curious before we, you know, put the the nightcap on on Jalen, the Jalen conversation. What is your ideal version of Jalen's NBA career? What is he doing well? You know, what what is he succeeding at? Well, I mean, like I said, or just just quickly to talk about specific actions, because I mean, this is I think what I'm best at is if you put him in that horns flex action, right? Which, um, yeah, only Fred ghosts that flex screen, but when Fred goes to that flex screen, if he's the handing off big, like I said, he can he can fake it and then make a read out of that. Or he's he's making the right reads out of the high post or the slots. And in chin action, Horn's chin, when he sets that back screen and then he pops to the ball, he might not need as much time as the guys who didn't operate well out of that specific action because he knows which way guys are leaning already. So when he sets that screen and he's catching the ball, he's made the decision or he knows at least where the guys are. So he's able to throw that pass in a spot that only, you know, the, your target man is getting it. So in those specific actions, which we know, like I know the Raptors run, you can plug him into there right away. Offensively, like as seamless a fit as you can horns flare or horns flex and then you know that horns chin where sometimes they they set that screen for Pascal or you know OG to like seal that punch action. You can he can throw that over the top, no problem. And he can make sure it's getting to the perfect spot where nobody else is getting to it. So I mean that sort of answers a little bit of the idealized version as a not necessarily a high post hub but somebody you can i mean you know eat innings with 
in terms of your offense doesn't die just because you're the big man is behind the three point line and you're not losing a whole lot in an ideal world. The length and size and speed that the Raptors already deploy is able to mask his defensive deficiencies in terms of like not having the foot speed to get over there. I don't necessarily know how much athleticism, foot speed, all of that stuff you can, you know, um, hack or like optimize. But the most optimized version of him, as big as he is, his court record is um, what? How how did you phrase court it mapping? earlier? Yeah, court. No, no, but the um, when he was oh, court coverage. Yes, the latter. Yeah. So that when he does that stuff. And like there's like four other, three other, six, nine, six, ten guys, six, eight, six, seven, um, guys around him with that length, like you're stopping everything. And like all you need are guys heady enough to be able to say, like, oh, that's taken away. I gotta go here. That's taken away. I'm good. I've heard you talk about this again with Lewis. Um the the fan base and like you know, many other writers, they, when it's Chris Boucher or Pascal Siakam recognizing or looking around and trying to find where he has to cover ground or where he has to like cover up for a teammate who's made a mistake, like oftentimes it looks like he's making the mistake, but in reality, you know, he's, he's trying to make up for a teammate. I think Jalen fits in with that. If he moved as quickly as Pascal, I mean, he'd, he'd be much higher in the draft. But that's, you know, um, a slower-footed, I guess, um, version of that is maybe the idealized version. That's Yeah, that's good to hear. If they were to select him, because when we think about, you know, as I talked about earlier, Thad Young, who ended up being the plus-minus king of the Raptors, is that you don't need the ferocious speed and length at every position you can have a guy plug in and if he understands the scheme well enough and can, you know, is, is processing what the defense is doing well enough and recognizing the patterns of their decision-making, you can cheat within the scheme and find a lot of success. So uh, Thad, while I'm, I'm not making the Thad comparison, seeing a guy like Thad find success means that there's different routes to success within the Raptors scheme defensively than just being Pascal or OG. Well, Fred is also, you know, kind of proves that theory. The corollary, the Fred corollary, as it were. Um, we're going to talk about Ishmael Kamagate and Dale and Terry. Before we do so, I'm going to read a little ad to you, listener, viewer. So, do you want to get to the top of your game? Jack Health at www.jack.health is an online service for men's health that handles the doctor's appointment, the prescription, and the shipping, which, by the way, is free. All you need to do is stay at home and relax. They've got stuff for sexual health, daily health, hair and skin, you name it. Order what you want, fill out some questions, and get it shipped straight to you. Skip having to lay out all your medical issues in the clinic waiting room and keep your private business private. Free shipping and easy prescriptions. Boost your game and do it all from the privacy of your own home at www.jack.health. Evan, now that we're fully uh, optimized with our sexual health, hair and skin, Let's talk about Ishmael Kamigate. Is he fully optimized as a basketball player? <laughs> oh, whew. I so I actually I actually don't know. I think I think he's a guy who his highlights pop. His highlights pop so much more than a Jalen. Supposedly, supposedly he's about he's about six eleven with a, a seven three wingspan, something like that. I think he might be about mm, six nine and a half, six ten, something like that. They're but lying. They might Boost be boosting yeah. height. Yeah, um, it's a plus, I guess, for certain people. I've seen some of Raptors Twitter talk about this. He, you know, he is French, so <laughs> for whatever that's worth. <laughs> um, no, but literally, um, everything is unimportant until it's important. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, this guy, you know, he's French. And it's like, oh, does that matter? Yes, yeah, of course it matters because of, you know, A and B reasoning. It's classic stuff like that. Uh, 
<laughs> so he um he's 21 which you know it's not yeah, it's not old obviously um but he's not he's not the youngest guy um midlife crisis ensues 21 isn't old <laughs> um, but so i mean there are a lot of different things and like i said the the thing i let off with is like his highlights really pop like that's important um because highlights can be deceiving with him he's such an unbelievably high motor player that it almost doesn't matter if he's 610 or 611 because he's gonna make up that ground he's going to work um i mean his strongest asset i think is his his ability to time shot blocking shots because to be long to be athletic that's one thing but to be able to actually catch guys at the peak of their release or like if you're talking a stereotypical post-up and you know a guy puts his shoulder into you and goes up for a jump hook like to be able to be right there instead of somebody who's chasing blocks who's more foul prone like that's that's the perfect version um don't necessarily know if he's the best at shot block timing in his class but i would wager he's up there if there is some sort of metric um yeah i think i think he'd be right up there so um how how does he move defensively like does that there's that read of like timing steps and timing the movements like the like when guys time shots blocking shots well you're what that is is guys are reading the gather they're reading the body language here and they're and they're counting steps typically when is the point of no return for the guy on ball and then you leap while also hopefully blanketing passing angles as well at the same time so does that read of singular players does that feel for defense translate to kind of reading a bunch of different guys at once and knowing where to be and not getting back cut and not you know and having good rotation timing and all that kind of stuff hard to say because i mean the the, what is it the lnb pro a the the top tier basketball division in france they're not they're not nba players but his, his his length and ability to quickly get off the ground to recognize situations it works a little bit too with his cutting and like we'll save the offensive side of the ball a little later but i think it's there i think i would really like to see him in a situation where he is actually defending nba players and i, I don't think he went to the combine because like i mean if you're if you're an international prospect and you're not as tall as you say you are, that that works against you, right? So, um, he's he's at his best in in drop coverage. I think um, he's a he's a little switchable, a little, but I think that he he works really hard to get to the spots he thinks he has to get to. And he does recognize situations well, not as well as Jalen if we're, if we're comparing the two, but it, it's hard to compare the two um, just based on what I've seen, the sample size. Competition um, too as well. It's yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, okay, occasionally get switched on to guys. Don't necessarily know if I would feel comfortable like with him um, guarding like NBA players, you know, one, perimeter NBA players like one-on-one full-time because I think that's when he's going to get baited into like a bunch of stuff. Um, Being a young big man who's raw and your best traits are on defense. Like those, those cases prove to be proved to take a little time in the NBA because like, I think the hardest thing for a young player in the NBA to do is to be a big man learning NBA defense at NBA speed. Like that's so hard. So I think it'll take him a little bit of time. Like I said, um, similar to Jalen, if you take him early second round, there's there's not as much expectation 
And so there will be time for him to develop. Um, But I think he has certain weaknesses. I don't necessarily know if it's hip mobility or lateral speed or the ability to maybe, maybe it's improper footwork that one of the downsides of being such a great athlete is you don't necessarily know if his, is his footwork bad? Well, it doesn't matter. He blocked the shot. Like that's, that's, I think a lot of what people care about at a certain point, like how can we use him to make our scheme successful? If his footwork was a little better then maybe he'd be a lot better. So, you know, that's for an NBA development coach to take a look at, assess, and okay, then then we're good there. But he has, I think he has a lot of potential. He's just so, so, so raw. I mean, he, he also hustles. He works really hard. And, you know, just because you have a high motor doesn't necessarily mean that, like, I've seen guys with high motor get beat, and then when they're beat, they're beat. But he hustles a lot defensively. So for what it's worth, there's that. Offensively, what is the, I guess, the outlier skill that you most want to succeed at the NBA level, if there is one? And then on the other side of things, what do you think are things that he could achieve within the Raptors system if he were drafted immediately? The jumper is something that is, I I don't really like it. I've heard and seen people I respect greatly talk about um, his his face-up game is there's something there. There's something to it. There's something to his mid-range. I don't necessarily like it as much as those people do because it's it feels inconsistent to me depending on how many dribbles he takes or what angle he's coming from. Like it's not – and again, this might be a footwork thing. So if you clean that up, maybe maybe it works. But I haven't seen him take three-pointers, so I won't speak to any of that. But he's an inside perimeter threat. His biggest skill is that he wants to and tries to dunk everything. Everything, everything, everything. Um, he wants to play above the rim. He's, he's a capable passer. I don't think he is, again, it's hard to compare the two because of circumstance and competition, but I don't think he's a natural as natural a passer as Jalen, but he makes the right reads. So whether that was coached up, what, what types of passes have have you seen him make? Uh, So not necessarily on the roll, but if you imagine um, a team blitzing the ball handler before he can get a chance to use the screen, um, his ability Mm -hmm. to pop into space and then like make reads out of that. Or like sometimes he'll catch in the post. He'll take one dribble to back a guy in. And if he doesn't budge, then he will try to step through or like reverse pivot into a pass. And the footwork is, it's not ideal, but even if it's a turnover, you, I can sort of tell that like the intention, what he was looking for was it's, it's good process. So it's stuff with movement. I think he's a capable and smart cutter. But I don't necessarily know if those are like, okay, well, if this is happening in the coverage, if you see this against the zone, these are the spots that are going to be open or if it's like intuitive. But that doesn't really matter because he's getting to the spots he needs to get to in order to make himself, if not a threat, a connector. So, Mm. yeah. Okay. Um, like I said, the more dribbles he takes, I think the more in trouble you get. So, yeah, a w- one or two dribbles if he can't get to where he needs to go. Um, he's hopefully making the right read. If not, like it gets a little, it gets a little messy from there. So, if we think about Jalen succeeding in what we discussed in these quick read and react situations, but maybe struggling to input his size or length as an offensive rebounder and also the below the rim finishing all these things are stuff that he has to navigate is it maybe how is Kamagate as far as getting after it on the offensive glass as far as like a guy who finishes contested at the rim because that's you know the Raptors they Fred and Pascal both doubled at a top 10 frequency in the NBA 
the ball is coming to you not always beyond like above the break not always in the perimeter but sometimes it's going to guys who are going to be facing rotating bigs but they're going to be in the vicinity to finish is he would you expect that if the ball squirts to him in the paint that that is a finish is it just an attempt with like a low efficiency or is he going to find a way to put the ball in the hoop more often than not that's that's something that i think it will depend on what he like actually looks like that's where the difference between like six nine and a half versus six eleven is he's going to try and dunk everything like when i say he's going to try and dunk everything i mean it might not be the best decision but like he wants to and to me that want which is like it feels like such a silly thing to say but the want to do that the want to offensive rebound the want to find a way to finish like he's not he's not dunking it necessarily hell or high water like if he has a chance for a putback and he has to contort his body in a way even if it's not the best attempt even if it doesn't end up as the best attempt like i've seen him finish a little bit with his with his left hand like the the want to dunk and the want to get after the glass if you're a big with a high motor and great leaping ability i think it would surprise me more if he weren't a capable and effective offensive rebounder than the other way mm. okay that's good to hear so we see maybe maybe there's something in the mid post as far as you know providing his own offense or being somebody he tosses to maybe 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 these things pop off maybe they don't but it's stuff he's trying at least in france a little bit yeah uh, flashes of a mid-range like i said um don't necessarily know if i trust it but if he can face up and and pull from there i i trust that more than i do one dribble two dribble the one dribble mm, if if he's going left it depends on where on the floor he is but like if he takes a dribble with his left hand or you know if he's going right like from what i've seen like that stuff can look a little different but if he can just catch uh maybe with his back to the basket at the elbow quick rip face up pull up i trust that so um and the other thing is he's a mm, It'd be harsh, I think, to say, like, I don't think he's a good screen setter. I think he's a... Well, he's quite wiry right now. Yes, he's That's a, he's a decent screen level. setter, but he loves a slip because he's he's fast. He's quick. So he, he dives... There we go. The best way to say it is I don't necessarily know if he's a hard roll, hard screen and roll big, but when you give him the opportunity to dive to the basket, right? He, he's gonna try to get there. And like I said, he's a good cutter. So, you know, even if he's not setting the, if he's not laying guys out with setting the screens, he's going to roll really hard. So he wants to make himself a lob threat and he did. So, I mean, you'll see that that in all the highlights. Would that be the difference of like Clint Capella rolls to the basket John Collins dives like does that make sense in in your yes. mind as far yeah. as the difference? Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. think yeah, that's a yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, that's that's probably like the most optimized version. Probably would be would be that because he's he's wiry, he's he's long, he's athletic, and he wants to dunk everything. So even if he's not setting that screen, like he can make himself available as an above the rim mm. as a lob threat. That's I think in my mind that's how I differentiate because there's a, there's like the heady short rollers who are like they mirror and they maintain the pocket pass and the, and the lob over top and you know the wrap isn't typically something but there's there's rollers like Capella who he really does a great job of mirroring the ball handler but then there's guys who they're racing to airspace like you know they're not competing with the the pocket pass, they're not competing with these lanes, but they're thinking like I can get to airspace that the drop or the the hedge or whatever can't. So I'm like, I'm racing to this spot. If the ball gets there, then we're good. 
And like, is, is that more so how he operates as a, a pick and roll guy? Yeah, I think so. Based on what I've seen, like I said, the level of NBA ball handlers versus the ones in the French league, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. But if he can get to there, I think, you know, the heady short roll guys, that's, that's more of Jalen, the, the guys who are always doing this pointing up because that's where they want it. Like that's, that's Kamagate. Okay. Kamagate, uh, any parting shots about Kamagate before we move on to Dalen? Yeah. Um, in terms of what we talked about with Jalen, like Kamagate is best in a drop. And I, I, I know I, I already talked about that, but I think if you're just telling me that it's this guy in drop, oh, sorry, forgot this one thing I forgot to tell you about. There's um, his ability to get off the ground, his length and his recognition of the situation is there was this one play in particular where I was just, he's below the level of the screen um, and a ball handler steps into a three, right? And this is, uh, let's say it's on the right wing. If you're just imagining it, he, he's able to, it takes recognition to be below the level of the screen that far below the level of the screen um, and see that a ball handler is pulling up when you're playing drop and still be able to contest. I don't necessarily know if he got the block. There's one play in particular. Um, and like, I don't want to butcher the French team's name. So like, I will send it to you. And if like you want to tweet it out, whatever, but he's able to contest a three point shooter. And he's like right in that airspace. Like he looks like he's blocking the shot. I mean, you know, and you know, that fits right into what the Raptors do their whole thing, but recognition, core mapping and the ability to get off the ground and have the length to actually do that. Like that's huge, I think. So that's, that's my biggest thing with him is the, the most idealized version of him is like, yeah, it's, it's John Collins on offense. And then I don't know, pick, pick a drop big who can like, who can like close space and step to the level with like great footwork. Cause that's, I think that's the thing stopping Kamagate the most maybe um it might be hip mobility it might be flexibility it might be agility um but like the want is there yeah he could be in about two three years like that could be he could have some really oh wow moments Mm. okay dale and terry uh teammate of christian coloco who you know uh at Arizona, I believe. So it's uh, Mathurin, Coloco, and Terry, I believe, are their three prospects coming out of there. Terry, a very interesting pairing with Coloco. And I'm curious what your thoughts are of him. Just the the cliff notes or the flashbulb, when you think of Dalen Terry, what pops? Um, <laughs> defense, he's about 6'7". He's long. Long arms. I want to say like I think maybe seven one wingspan, something like that. Um, that's wrong. Sorry, <laughs> but he's he's got long arms. Is the point? I don't know if that's the exact measurement. Um, he's aggressive on defense, maybe over aggressive. They already have a point guard. They already have a the the Raptors already have a big big point guard, and I think the ball works best when it's in Scotty or Pascal's hands, or I mean Fred, but you know. If you're telling me that like you plucked Terry straight out of Arizona and into the Raptors training camp, um, and I had to, if I knew nothing about him and I had to pick him out from there, like I don't think I would be able to identify who is, because he's 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 very aggressive defensively. He was played as the point guard a lot of the time, or I mean maybe point guard isn't fair, but like. initiator is that like yes initiators initiators perfect um you know mathurin is like he he was the guy who was taking a lot of their shots and and rightfully so but as a point guard i think i think the numbers were something like um four it was a four to 1.5 1.6 assist to turnover ratio and like that's not 
the best thing, but if you're scaling that down to to being a secondary or tertiary ball handler, which I mean, I've heard you talk about this. Like, there's there's very little second side action now, but um, especially like OG would have been a second side all star, but the shooting went away, um, so he had to play a lot in isolation. But like, if you want to scale that down, like that's the perfect thing for I think a player like Terry is like a more minimized role where he's not the point guard, but having played point guard, he can make certain reads. And like that's really great. I think he's got a like little a bit of explosive long closeout. What's what's the ex, what's the expectation? Like he gets a long closeout and he gets to put the ball on the ground. And you know, there's maybe somebody steps up, but like how is how is he punching against the the weak side? Oh, um, he's got a. It's pretty athletic. Um, we're not talking about wings at the moment so it's hard to but i think relative to the field relative to division one college basketball he's athletic he's got he's got a first step that can get him places he's pretty athletic i've seen him um finish at the rim dunks that i wasn't expecting Uh, i don't necessarily know maybe a team isn't paying attention so it's it's a hard closeout that's that's the most ideal world for him he's I don't know. It's tough to say again for me because like, I I don't want to say like, Oh yeah, he just, his shot form. All you have to do is this, but I think you get him working with a professional development staff. And again, one is good as the Raptors. I'll I'll keep um, singing their praises. That jumper can be, I don't think it has to be salvaged, but I think it can be optimized. And when you make that thing a little more efficient and now you are, you can play in between is like, am I closing out hard? If I close out hard, he'll blow by, but he's becoming a better shooter. So, you know, am I really just going to leave him? I think even a soft closeout, he can, he can still get by guys. And, you know, again, college basketball players are not NBA players. So like the difference in terms of like that first step, that burst, it remains to be seen, but I think, I think, I think it could be good. I think that, you know, six, seven switchable, switchable because like, you know, over aggressive, like I said, but over aggressive, you as a coach, you'd be more okay with somebody who's over aggressive and you, you try to like ratchet them down instead of having to crank a guy up over aggressive. I think, um, I think he made an all defensive team in his, um, in his conference Um, could be mistaken about that, but, yeah, over aggressive, tamp down, could be, could be a solid fit. The most seamless fit I think of these guys because, you know, he was a point guard. Like I said, you know, I'm just repeating myself at this point. But like, there's nothing to me that doesn't scream Raptors, <laughs> to be honest. So for for the listener or viewer who's saying, why is this guy at the back end of the podcast? If he screams Raptors, if he you know, is like this hyper-aggressive defender who has defensive accolades and, you know, he he has these like kind of these ball skills at, at plus size. It's because, you know, we're not expecting Dale and Terry to be available at 33. So th- that's why it's just, we're, we'll talk about him because he's an exciting prospect and like there's there's fit there for sure. But um, he's probably a long shot to fall, which is also why like, you know, leading up to the 2020 draft, uh, McDaniels wasn't talked about a bunch because it's like, how could McDaniels fall to to the Raptors? And he ended up falling one pick away as it was. But yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. But is, is there anything else that you think Raptors fans should know about Dale and Terry? Like, you know, I think we discussed aggressiveness, but is that aggressiveness, you know, manifesting in on-ball defense? Is he like trying to like lock guys in between his, his knees? Is he trying to swallow up ball handlers? Or is this a guy who's, you know, in weak side and cheating pick and rolls by, by sliding over and all that kind of stuff? Is he jumping passing lanes? What what does it look like? I mean, it's mostly hmm. it's in a lot of different ways, I think. I I think when I watch him. When I watched him, and I think the the game that stands out to me 
is um, his, his final game of the season. It was against Houston where it was, if you don't know who this person, this player is, did, did I want him to do just a little bit more? I did, but I don't necessarily know if that, that's what he was called upon to do. Um, but defensively, like, I think he can get a little caught up in, I don't want to say undisciplined because I don't think that's, that's fair, but I think he is good offensively because when he attacks, like he's making the decision to attack, but he can be a little unselfish at times. Defensively, he's a solid defender who has all the tools, but maybe like he could, he, here's what it is. I think he could stand to take some of the aggressiveness he has as a, an on ball point of attack or, um, you know, switch defender and put that into offense because like it's, that's what it is to me is that defense. I wish, okay, play with balance, play with poise. You're unselfish to a fault offensively. Like, be unselfish to a fault defensively and, like, don't get caught up in not necessarily individual matchups, but you, you can you can do a little more than you are doing right now on offense. And you could stand to do a little less on defense. So that's what I, I think that's the best way to distill it down. Okay. That's uh, Dale and Terry, ladies and gentlemen. So if you come away from this podcast thinking that the Raptors should choose one of Jalen Williams... Ishmael Kamagate or Dalen Terry. Uh, Evan has done a good job, I think. And uh, yeah, so I, I hope that um, you feel like these three prospects were well covered. I hope that you feel like you learned quite a bit about each one of them, all the different uh, intri- interesting like quirks of their games. And Evan Gualberto, coach, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, of course. When you asked me to do this, I was like, I'm not, I don't know if talking about draft guys is my thing but like i don't know like talking to you 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 find a way to ask people questions that normally aren't asked you take the most intriguing angles you're like you're like scotty barnes in that way when you're when people are expecting you to do one thing you're like nope pocket pass this is this is a dime this way you you expect a basketball question, but I ask you, what was the first thing you thought about when you woke up this morning? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was off the pod, so I don't think people <laughs> will know the reference. But yeah, 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 basically. Um, yeah, we we've talked about so much NBA together, you and I. I believe I spent more time talking uh, NBA consumption with you than anybody else, and uh, so I thought like now that you finally watched a bunch of college and you always are very scared to project things. I was like, yeah, let me get them out here to project some things. So that's kind of where we are. So thank you very much for coming on. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Listener viewer. uh, Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah. We're going to get out of here. So take care and we'll see you.